0: Hello, this is the Blast Report podcast on all things blasting. My name is Evan Tebow with New Wave Consulting, and I want to thank all the Drill and Blast teams along with those supporting them who are out there on the pattern. The production team at Blast Think, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of the Blast Report podcast.
1: I have thought, uh, because you you talked about Vic Bryant being Mm -hmm. such a good guy, he was very much to hang on to electric caps. He was a big electric cap shooter.
2: Yes. You know, he he was
1: into the, you can't check it stuff
2: here's the cool thing about being involved in this business for for so many years is that if you if you want to talk about an innovation that has changed in the explosive industry in the last 40 years it's been detonators um i started out with the old atlas rock masters um the old electric caps yeah um and they were they were the best of they were the best of terrible. I guess is the best way to best way to mm-hmm. put it. At least a number two would go off before a number three would, but that's about as close <laughs> as you could get. <laughs> that's true. Right. Um, then yeah. uh, I never forget this. Uh, Irico came up with the first because they did a lot of stuff for the Defense Department as well. The first uh, pressed delay steel sleeve delay element in a blasting cap. And uh, when I was up in Massachusetts, they came to me and said, we want you to shoot these and you tell us what you think about about how they work. I said, okay. So I shot a lot of sequential timer shots and so I just took the caps out and I was freaking amazed because you could actually see each individual hole shooting in the face. Before the whole face just kind of all just washed out. I mean, it was just, okay. So it started here and went to there, but that's pretty much all you could tell about it. Yeah. So you could actually now see each individual hole along the face detonate. Mm -hmm. Then fast forward and Mick and I had this conversation. Remember this, Mick, we had this conversation down in, um, New Orleans when we were down there for, uh, who was it that had the blasting training company that out of Pennsylvania? What was his name?
1: And it's a he was what we talking about a distributor? No, no, no. Corey Academy? He, 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 who was that? Corey Academy?
2: No, no. no. He so, was. He had an explosion. I was working for Martin at that time. I'm not. I met you down there. And what was his name? Uh, um, nah, it's okay. Constant uh, blah, blah. Anyway, so you asked me at that time. We were talking, and you asked me. You said, Mike. You said what do you think about where because all the instrumentation everything that was going on he said where do you think we are with with the explosives industry as a whole and understand actually understanding what explosives is is does and i said mick we will never ever figure out how to use explosives until we get timing down pat until we get accurate timing we it's all subjective because you and you can't because it is so subjective you have an unknown element that you can't control. Because you know this cap that's supposed to shoot at 500 milliseconds is gonna shoot at yes. 494 or 506. You have no idea. Right. And that's such a broad range. So in the last 40 years, without a doubt, the biggest advance in blasting has been electronic detonators. Oh my, because so... now you can actually go out and understand how it affects the rock. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest change that we've seen. And I have an issue because, and I've heard this before, is that I'll go out and I may shoot an electronic shot with non-L timing. Mm -hmm. I may just go out and shoot it that way. I might shoot 25 down the face and 67 back. And guys say, well, you're shooting a non-L shot. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. Because there is absolutely no way that a pyrotechnic cap can emulate the timing accuracy Mm -hmm. of an electronic. So, electronics gave to the industry the understanding of rock mechanics. We always had theory, we always thought we knew what happened, Mm -hmm. but until we had electronic caps, that really, really cemented where we thought we needed to be with, with timing. So, in 40 years, that is the biggest change that has come to the explosives industry and it doesn't matter if you're talking dynamites or cast boosters or it doesn't matter what you're talking about if you want to talk about something that has changed this industry as electronic caps they're absolutely okay amazing. so
1: that's it's cool what's the first electronic detonator you shot mike remember what year when it was uh
2: it was in new zealand um and it was sassol um they're, they're still manufactured in in south africa at that time okay um, and then they were, of course, they were bought by Atlas Powder Company. So it was the um, it was the old Chinese finger clips. It was just, it was kind of an archaic system. So what it was is that I had a couple of good friends that from New Zealand. And um, they were interested in buying Unitronics from Sasol. So they had representation. A guy lived up someplace in New England, just up there doing something, whatever. I had no idea, but anyway, but they wanted... Bad timing because they wanted to buy the Unitronics from Sasol and have me start marketing that for them in the states. So I went over and spent two weeks over in New Zealand just understanding the system and working with the different locations and stuff. In the meantime, they wanted to buy it from Sasol on a pay-as-you-go plan and. Orca or Dinah, whoever it was Alice whoever or Orca I think at that time just walked and said here's your check, and so they sold it to they sold it to uh, to, or- to Orca.
1: Orca bought it.
2: Yes. Now, Orca at the time had um, the icon system, but this was their go to the coal strip and sell not so fancy hook it up this way and shoot it cap, and so that's why they ended up. But it really didn't change the the um, effect of the cap. So just because, so without question, the biggest change advancement we've seen in the industry in the last 40 years has been the electronic detonators mm-hmm. by, by no stretch of imagination. Mm-hmm. Because then we can finally, fi- no. what's that?
0: It's, you can't even argue that.
2: You no, know, it's no.
1: Not even debatable. No. Yeah, Davey Bickford mm-hmm. uh, was probably the first one to say you should, I mean, Davy Bickford was doing the same thing that Trojan was doing. They were coming into the industry saying, you should be using electronic detonators. And the big boys were saying, well, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since we don't have one, we don't think you ought to really. And so basically Davey Bickford was- Why would I pay
2: $37 for a cap that I can pay $7 for? blow it up, yeah. yeah. See, Why would I do that?
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I, I give them credit. I salute them this in the early nineties. When Davy Bickford came out with an electronic detonator, but the cost was cost prohibitive. And the only way they could be successful was if the end user, let's say like fact we used them at the CDC down there in uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go to the CDC and say, okay, we're going to use this electronic detonator. It's going to cost more money. But, and you give them the reason why, okay, we'll pay it. You know, the CDC will. So in other words, it really doesn't, uh, it no longer requires, I mean, they're picking it up the tab. It's not the cost, it's the effect that's important. Yeah, you, pa- you, you passed it through, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely electronic detonator started out in the critical blasting areas. And God, now today, Peabody Coal, Vulcan Materials, Martin Marietta, you know, all these big players, it is electronics. Yes. You know that debate, And for good
2: reason, for very good reason.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that you know, yeah. So, so that, uh, but, you know, okay. What really cool Mike is of course you always were a, uh, innovative early adopter kind of guy. You think we just had this conversation here now for the last period of time and you were on the leading edge of so many changes. Yes. You know, and for whatever uh, reason, yeah, you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, I mean, hear you say it again, you know, when you shot the first electronic detonator and, uh, uh, the majority of the industry probably never heard of an electronic detonator until 2010.
2: At that time, they hadn't. Yeah. And actually, that was 2004, I think. Yeah, right. Um, when I went, started looking at it and I was just... So what it was, I just had never thought about it because I never had the, the ability to do that. But that's the first time I was introduced into what's called panel blasting, And basically, so there's a mine in on the North Island, a gold mine, that had been there for a hundred years. And the town had built up around the rim of it, the gold Mm -hmm. mine. Well, and they just kept, the deposit was deep. They kept going down and down and down. They're taking in 20 foot lifts. And um, seven meter lifts, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, um, the gold mine had to do something because there was absolutely no way they could control. And they had like a quarter of an inch peak particle velocity was their limit so there's just so much of the stuff that i've learned from people that so what they came up with the concept they said okay well let's start a vibration so they would look at the 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 signature and when the waveform got reached a two not a 2.5 but a two they would stop the blast stop it for like a second and then they would go again and so when it got to that point again they'd stop the blast again So basically they were shooting six mini shots inside one shot and each time they figured out at what duration of time when the the frequency started building and they would stop it let that frequency pass underneath the structures and then go again. It's the coolest thing I ever saw. So
0: So, it's almost like putting a heartbeat inside of the inside of your blasting um, production you would you'd blast let's say two rows as that would be heaving and moving then the next two rows would fire or whatever amount it would be yes. and they got that down so that they were just wave, Yes. so blasting, when the re- so so
2: when the response started building on itself when mm-hmm. it started coming up and that's typically what happens with 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 blast response is that when enough of those waves started intersecting and started building response they shut it down they'd stop it and they wait until that, and I was thinking, you guys are nuts, you're gonna throw a rock everywhere. Never did. So, yeah. so they shut down, um, I want to say around 200 milliseconds, I think is what they, was where they'd actually stop the shot. They stopped the shot for 200 milliseconds and they'd, they'd, then they'd go again. I watched, really. them doing, I watched them do doing in construction outside of Auckland, the same thing. Only those shots, we were pausing for a second and a half.
1: Now you see, that's in Australia? This New, yeah. New, yeah. New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. yeah. Auckland, New Zealand,
2: Zealand. yeah. Those oh. shots, they pause for a second and a half. So they shot, called panel blasting. They shoot this panel, stop it, wait for the vibration to go away, Never and then start to, the, uh, just the coolest thing. Yeah. The point is, you could not do that before electronic caps. Yeah, okay. Because it just, it just, you just couldn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I don't think they're, and I don't see anything in the foreseeable future. You know, we're playing around with gas emulsions, which have come a long way from what they were years ago. Gaston Malsons used to be terrible. I mean, just absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. But they've worked on long enough now, they're they're a viable product, they're a usable product. But as far as something that I can tell you that's a game changer in the industry is electronic apps. Again, mm-hmm. we finally took the inaccuracy. It was all theory before then, but mm-hmm. now we can actually take that and prove it.
1: Now it's interesting. So, okay, so you, uh, you brought in, I mean, the concept Cast boosters, but you brought in cast boosters, and really that cast booster today is not a whole lot different than it was in oh, 1985. No. no, it isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a penalite booster that you yes. melt it down, put it in a container, it solidifies, yep. and you got yourself that's a it. booster. Yep. That's I mean, it. it's interesting. We we talk about all the changes that's been made now in uh, you know in manufacturing. You brought this up earlier, Mike and absolutely we got better product out there today than we've ever had it mm-hmm. as far as reliability. Mm-hmm. And, and back to your point now, Evan here has got a paper that he does on misfires, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately in misfires, the first thing you do is start pointing fingers at each other. I mean, just like they called you and said, your boosters won't work. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my boosters, you're damn detonators. You yes. Know? Uh, but,
0: um, Well, you forgot to clip it in, you know, and, yeah, well, I mean, or well, you forgot to do that.
1: And we went through that unfortunate learning, or it was a tough learning curve on non electrics, you know, snapping them in, detonating cord, compatibility, all that kind of stuff. And we had failures, you know, application failures. And, uh, you know, people didn't want to hear that. They mm-hmm. just want to say, no, your damn product didn't work. And you're like, no, this is where you, you know, but, uh, and so you yourself, Mike, has had to be that technician. Yes. To investigate misfires.
2: Yes. The thing, the thing that, I, I, that the, the first thing you have to get people to understand is that there is not a detonator manufacturer that is going to put a even close to questionable product out in the market. Because there's just so much liability that that's associated with that. So, Absolutely. for people just to say, "Well, your damn detonators aren't working." No, that's probably not it. Because yeah. you can't, if you're going to do 100 shots on this construction project and 10 of them don't work, I'm going to be sued, yes, 10 times yeah. for one project. So, right. the fact that you go to manufacture now, I'm not saying there can't be, and shouldn't be, or maybe there is. But I can't really tell you in the last 10 years, anyway, if where I can point to misfire and say, manufacturer misfire. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not know this, but at one time, Mixo Company and Bickford said, no, 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 no row shooting. Uh, uh-uh. uh, you put your control down in front and hook your cats back. So that way, if you, if you happen to have a bad shot, then you cut off three holes, not. 50 holes Mm. (laughs) so what they're saying was "Mm,
1: we don't know we're not sure this test gonna
2: work or not so you might want to hook it up this way yeah well that's changed that's changed a lot and i've shot hundreds and hundreds of row shots since then because the reliability of the system has become that much better than what it was what it was to begin with Mm -hmm. you don't have to you don't have to worry about putting the boxes flat so that the the octa the dust inside the tubes doesn't gather in one corner and blows the to, to about i mean they've done a bunch of things to make the stuff so much better thank you for
0: listening to this episode of the blast report podcast i want to thank the team at blast think for producing this show and please follow along for more episodes in the future and share this podcast with your colleagues so we can continue to honor our industry and the people in it be safe and have a blast